Action Jackson. I, I remember oh. her from so many movies. But yeah, we gotta remember Scraps the Dog. But this is but this is finally like home stretch, as I like to call it the movie. Because this is where you have like one of the coolest just sequences of events happening because so much shit is going on. But where like Fred Deckard did such an amazing job is just that he was able to keep it all coherent. There wasn't one of these things like these days, I don't like action movies, like I hate the Batman nolan movies because like whenever you have action going on it's so chaotic yeah that you have that, no hyper, idea what the hell is hyper going kinetic on. yeah uh can't hold the camera because that was yeah kind of like so many jump cuts that came about the um the born identity was one of the first movies of that era to really like start that trend like that was one of the first ones where they decided to do that hyper kinetic kind of camera work and people i guess liked it at the time and then of course you know hollywood they get on a theme like that and they just like run it into the ground. yeah like with the matrix <laughs> and everybody does yeah, bullet yes lines. exactly i fucking hate hollywood uh -huh. trends like that uh -huh. but but he was able to keep everything really coherent everything was nice and crisp but i mean mm -hmm. everything had a role it wasn't one of those <clears throat> excuse me it wasn't one of those things like in the Avengers when you have that moment where everybody's like walking up and facing each other at the fucking airport uh -huh. you have a moment where this guy's taking care of this guy. This guy's doing this. This guy's doing that. And it was all really well done. And it wasn't jumpy. You know, you had a moment where we focused on like the gill man popping out of the sewers and chasing Horace. You have a moment where you've got the vampire brides walking up while they're trying to get into the church. Don't kick the church. It's religious locked is what it is. Well, where do you want to do this? You want to do this with Burger King? You know, I guess Burger oh, yeah. King must have sponsored the movie with all that fucking product placement. But, yeah, um, now that you, th now you, that you uh, I think about it. <laughs> you've got the brides walking up, and that's when Rudy walks off and takes charge. It's like, Rudy, where are you going? I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? You know, asks it <laughs> once again. Right. And now we've got the Wolfman showing up. Everybody's showing up, and everything is, you know, being broken off into, the, into action. We've got deputies showing up on the scene, and... Rudy's killing off the vampire brides one by one. We got Dracula flying in who's trying to go after Sean and here's where Dell shows up and somehow shoots him out of the sky which I thought was awesome. That was awesome. That was that was such a cool because I mean you know he, he'd, he'd already been a supportive father but I mean he didn't believe him earlier when you know he didn't believe any of the crazy stuff that was coming in and for him to I don't think it was ever that. presented to him. Um, not, no, not mm -hmm. from Sean. That's true. Not from, not Sean, from the but kids. It's, but it's still like, you know, they Sean was already operating under the assumption that nobody's going to believe him, and that it was up to them. You know that there's yeah. all this crazy stuff going on and everything. And I just thought that was like the coolest thing for his dad to come in there, just like literally guns blazing, <laughs> you know, and it's a, well, yeah, because at this point, th th this is when the father had to pretty much accept it. Yeah, this uh, is, uh, this is kind of real because, uh, but yeah, Sean never really introduced it to him, but he had to kind of get slowly tiptoed through it because you had the mummy thing. And then you had the guy screaming. He was a werewolf. He, he just thought that these were all crazy occurrences. It didn't really hit him until the car drove through him and after he got a phone call that someone was going to kill his son you know and then finally where everything really finally struck home that moment of realization and they even kind of hung on that moment for a second rightfully so mm -hmm. was that 
he he realized that this was all real when he tried to shoot Dracula and nothing happened, and then he uh, transformed into a bat. Right. And he, I mean, he was, you know, you know he was avenging his partner too in a lot of ways. I think, like from that, at least when oh, he yeah. hit him out of the sky like that. I mean, you can you can say whatever you want because I mean his his reaction, like he was surprisingly focused when that happened because that was that was uh, that was catastrophic. I mean, when that mm-hmm. when that car exploded, but I mean. He, uh, yeah, he just, just had he just had a stone cold beat on uh, on Dracula. Oh, he was more than pissed off at this point, you know. Uh-huh. And plus, the, the thing just took a dive at his kid, you know. Oh yeah. So Dracula's been shot out of the sky, lands in a warehouse. He goes up there to, and he he's just all business. The father at this point, because he goes in with some of the sticks of dynamite that Dracula left in the the hearse, and he's like, "Suck on this, you son of a bitch." And that's when the werewolf comes up behind him and beats the living hell out of him. And Sean saves the day really quick. You know, hey, asshole, you looked and hit him in the face with a pipe. <laughs> and that's when Dell shoves... <laughs> that's yeah. when Dell shoves a, a, a stick of dynamite down Wolfman's pants and pushes pants, him out yeah. of a window. Blows him into a million pieces, which is a throwback to when they were like, "How? what's the second uh-huh. way to kill a werewolf? And they're like, car crash? Accident with power tools? Maybe falling out of a window or to a bomb, yeah. you know. Um, so yep. it, it, every everything really does play back, you know. So we got Wolfman in several thousand pieces. The mummy's already been completely unraveled. Dracula's brides are all dead. Dracula himself has been blasted out of the sky, and he's stuck in between being a bat and a humanoid form. And that's when Gilman pops out of the sewer. The cops are finally showing up on scene, and. This is when the cops are going after Gilman, who's handling them quite easily by himself. And Horace grabs a shotgun and blasts him away. And we finally have, like, the crux of Horace's character. When those two bullies from EJ, and I don't think they ever said the other kid's name. You know, they come out of the Burger King after they were chicken shits and locked him out because he was trying to get in. They refused to open the door for him, so he blasts Gilman. And that's when they open up the door. Hey, fat kid, nice job. And he turns around. My name is Horace. And cocks that shotgun yeah. with the serious music playing. <laughs> and, you know, and just... The, well, yeah, I like that too. They never talked about, uh, you know, since the, the creature from the Black Lagoon or Gilman or whatever you want to call him, um, he's just... He's, He's just a big fish. I mean, he's just like he doesn't he doesn't have any like uh, he's not immortal. You know what I mean? It's and, just instinct. Yeah. Well, I thought it, I just thought it was funny. I guess because they never covered you know him when they were going through their you know lists of all the different monsters and stuff and their weaknesses and everything. But um, yeah, they didn't give a shit. It was it was just a creature. He had the uh, the shotgun and uh, mm-hmm. or the rifle, one whatever it was. I I can't remember. But and they wouldn't let him in. Yeah, they wouldn't let him in the store. And I just I thought to myself. Because I couldn't remember for a second. I was like, is, is this thing supernatural? You can, can't you just, like, shoot it? I mean, isn't it just, like, flesh and flesh and bone? Just like, you know, like, and that's what he did. Oh, yeah. He just blew it away. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was awesome. No, I thought that and was, then that we was ju- great. Yeah. You know, so we, we, we pretty much Dracula's forces are falling one by one at this point. And then finally we get to the, uh, you know, the end there where throughout this entire thing going on, Patrick's sister is trying to read the inscription. She can't read it, like barely. And then she finally finishes the inscription. Nothing happens whatsoever. And then finally, are you sure that she is entirely, you're not a virgin, aren't you? And she just shakes her head. No, 
No. Said, what do no, you mean she, no? Yeah. She said, um, what did she well, say? Steve, oh. but he doesn't count. He doesn't count. Doesn't, doesn't count. count. That reaction from her br- little brother was like so perfect because he like screeched it. Like, because like, yeah. that was, he emoted so perfectly in that part because the tension of that scene, you know, like what, what, what's yeah. happening around them. And she suddenly reveals, but he doesn't count. He doesn't count. Like, Oh, I love that. And, and, and then she's like, why doesn't he read it? He's not a virgin, you stupid. And that's when uh, little you Eugene gets the right idea. Um, Eugene gets the right idea and points to Phoebe and says, uh, is she a virgin? Yeah. Yes. That's a wonderful idea. She can't read. She's four years old. I, I think she's like five or six. Who gives a she shit? Was, the point she was is, he's like, I'm an alpha. Uh, you know, and, and then he's he's slowly phonetically trying to teach her German 101. You know, so now he's finally reading it to her. She's reciting what he's saying back. And then this is my favorite shot of the movie. Dracula just suddenly appears in front of them. And lightning is fucking coursing through him. And he's got that I'm done look. You know? Yeah. Starts badass. walking towards him. And this is a total badass and this is such a beautiful shot too when he starts walking towards him police cars are pulling up out of the background mm-hmm. cops are getting out going after him nothing is going to stop him at this point you know they're hitting him he's grabbing him so Quick, casually like, takes so this nonchalant. one puts him under breaks his neck breaks a guy's neck yeah, yeah it, just, nothing is going to stop him uh, and then finally he walks up blast scary german guy I almost called him Scary Jersey guy. Force a habit, but you know, blasts him with his ball of energy. Doesn't kill him, but it it knocks him down. Looks at little Phoebe, gives him this little smile, picks her up by the chin. Give me the amulet, you, you bitch! And that's when he hisses. So at her. great, yes. That's also my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> yeah, the favorite and line. Then, oh, and then just. Perfect timing. Frankenstein comes up behind, grabs him by the throat, tells him bogus, bogus. and throws his ass right through the church's little cross thing there, which I loved how it looked. And you can see the smoke coming out of him. He's in pain. He's stuck. She's slowly getting it done. She finally reads it off now that Frankenstein, her friend, is there, her only friend that she can call a friend. It also reminds me uh, of the end of Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Kind of. A little bit, a little bit. But, I mean, in this one, it had a, a little bit of a happier ending. I mean, unlike what happened to the... Shit, I can't... Professor Noby's daughter. You know, but she finishes it off. Limbo finally Annie? opens. Yeah, that, that was it, Annie. You know, Limbo finally opens. Everything starts getting sucked in there. Dracula quick grabs a hold of Sean, you know, and screams, Mine! And pulls him in, you know. I'm taking him with me. And here's that throwback to that deleted scene that we that we didn't see, you know, where Sean stabs him with a stake. Dracula's frozen in place, and then who appears? Fucking Van Helsing jumps out of limbo, grabs Dracula, yeah. and pulls him in. Thumbs up. And here is, yeah, gives him the thumbs up, you know. And, and it's almost like they're tangoing in into limbo while Dracula's uh... screaming no. And then here to me is by far one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life. Like me, I still break up and, and, and cry every I, time I see I this scene. I get emotional when I'm glad I'm not the only one then because I was watching it and I was having a hard time keeping it together during that part. If you don't cry during this scene, uh, you've either been through some shit 
Phoebe you is know? such an adorable little girl, first of all. Like, anytime she's on screen, but especially when she's, like, looking up at Frankenstein when she first meets him, and then mm -hmm. just, you know, like, the whole time. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. were setting that up. I, mean, I knew it was going to happen, but it's like, I can't prepare myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when, when Frankenstein's walking towards him and topples over, and he's like, Phoebe, you know, and she's like, don't go away, please don't go. And he accepts it, you know. And says, she Bone. gives him the teddy bear. That's the sweetest. Yeah, part. something to remember. She something to remember her by. Uh huh. And you know, and, and I mean her. that to me, that that, that just yeah. broke my heart. Uh huh. You know, pleading for him to go, and I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, there's a part of me that feels that Frankenstein just kind of accepted it, knowing yeah. that he couldn't be on this earth because he was a monster. I mean, he was a human at heart and a good, you know, and he was a good monster, but he knew nonetheless, he's a monster and they all belong in limbo. So I, 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 it was just an acceptance. He knew it was going to happen. You know, I mean, like this is on par with the ending of Terminator 2 when John Connor yes, is like, I order good. you not to go. Right. You know, he listened to every single order. You have to do what I say. And he's like, I order you not to go. Though That last little bit of desperation. I, I know Alien 3 is controversial people love it hate it but i mean All i right. gotta include the ending though when ripley killed herself that was also sure. a sad scene and also yeah. a big fuck you to the company but let's not go off topic i'm just saying yeah no of course no, it, no, it's also very well, now that i think about it it's very close to t2 as well so yeah yeah but it'd be it well, closer to the thing i mean if you stop at a trilogy yes. if that's how you know if that's like um that's like Cowboy Bebop, you know, when Spike dies at the end of that, it, the mm -hmm. director of that series, you know, said that he always likes to kill off the main character at the end because he considers it to be the ultimate closure. And, mm -hmm. yeah, because, I mean, you can't come back. You can't make another sequel or whatever. That's it. You've killed off the protagonist. They, The story is well and truly finite, you know? Uh, like it's, it's done. It's, it's done, yeah. It's but done you know deal. what? They've proven and, us wrong because Terminator 2 was supposed to have that same effect, and then magically we got a 3. Yeah. Where yeah, even though we blew up Cyberdyne, it's still oh, they developed an AI that does Cameron's, the exact same shit. Cameron's vision was just for two movies, though, and that's so for you know, it's just one of those things. Oh, yeah. It's like how I don't, I don't regard like the newer movies like Prometheus and Alien Covenant. As far as I'm con uh, as far as I'm concerned, they're I they're, can't uh, apocrypha. Like I don't, I don't. The the Aliens movies stopped at three. The Terminator movies stopped at two. The proper ones. That's it. <laughs> that's, I, that's I, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And I mean, I mean, that, that that's really the problem with the sequels. But to just quick wrap up the movie because this is literally the end mm -hmm. with, with with perfect timing. The U.S. Army shows up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because of because uh, of Eugene's uh, letter. Because uh, Eugene that, wrote such a, a great joke. Huge letter yes. with the giant yes. crayon. Like I love that, that joke. Yeah, monsters are coming. Off. Please come, army yeah. guy. And that's when the general shows up. All right, son. Where are they? Where are the monsters? <laughs> Mummy came yes. in my house. Someone want to tell me what the hell is going on here? Uh, I mean, they're one. It, it was great. I did a jeeps. I did a watch party of this movie, and when that scene came up, hearing some people in the audience just be like, "What?" what <laughs> it's like this yeah. is great this like, joke is great come on it is great yeah, and yeah. it's still funny to me yeah. because when he was writing that letter the in crayon and it was comically large backwards there, letters like he, misspelling yeah, yeah it was and it was like 
He's got the postmaster's cap on. The dog is licking the envelope. He had no. He had a Confederate cap on with it. Even had a. He wore a Confederate. Uh, it even had the Confederate flag on the very on the top of it. That was another thing because when I was thinking, I was watching this movie and being like, "Yeah, this some of this stuff would not fly today." And I, that was one of the things that I kind of zeroed in on. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I watch it. little I Michael it, stuff. Hmm? I know. Watch like cancel Eugene. Well, well that, act, like the, I'll talk that, about like it after the, the review. Shit. After we finish up the movie yeah we'll talk about that so basically sure, sure, yeah. the, the general is like what the hell's going on here and that's when sean walks up and gives him a business card which you know what? i love the priorities and this is so kid you know they're going in the business to kill monsters they're sharpening their stakes they're making their silver bullets they're mapping out the you know how to get to the scary mansion and then you got one kid making up fucking business cards mm-hmm yeah that that was funny. You know, and, and that's when he and he's like, So who are you? And he's like, We can explain this. We're the monster squad. And that's when it just Boom. cut the cue to uh Monster Squad rap because well, of course. Yeah. Yeah, if it's if, if, if it's an eighties movie, we're the monster squad. Be... I wonder if this was the same guys who did the TMNT Turtle Power song from uh the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, partners in crime? I don't think so. Power, power. Yeah, I don't think it was partners in rhyme, but still, I, I mean, like every movie had some type of like a rap song at the end. Yeah, you had even you the had 90s. that. Ghostbusters two ended off with Bobby Brown singing shit, and then he had um, it's another example. But the, uh, fuck, even nothing but trouble with Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase had Tupac. There was a. Yeah, he was in that. He was like when before uh, anyone. He had hair. Was. Yeah, he was. Yep. There was a recent like goofy horror movie that I watched that had a rap song at the end, and I was like, "Yes, excellent." Yeah, but I can't remember what what that was. But yeah, yeah, it's. I don't know. It was always cute when they did that stuff. All right, so that wraps up uh, the story for the Monster Squad. Now, I mean, let's just get down to the bare bones of this whole thing. Each of you individually, I want to hear three pluses and three negatives that you could find. Mm. Wow. I guess... Already said, let me see. In terms of... I mean, I can think of a couple negatives. Uh, I... To an extent... And, you know, despite me saying that I think the movie has a really brisk pace and it, it, it it's very, you know, it delivers everything very rapidly, very like it's it's quick, like mm-hmm. it's it's it, it never it's never boring. It never drags. I I feel like to an extent we could have gotten to know the kids mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, I know mm-hmm. it, the movie had like a lot of characters to get through, but it's like as far as and this might just be the way because I mean. Fat Kid, to an extent, was kind of a token character. I mean, it could just be meant to be that way, but it's like, he's just, that's his thing, is he's fat, and he's got food on him. And yeah, he, he, like, he, he, he wasn't like Chunk. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Thank you. Okay, so you get it. Yeah, it, it's because you got to know him, like, way more. Like, he is, when he's confessing, you know, when they were about to put his hand in the blender right. and stuff, and he's telling these, like, stories and things, it's like, you're starting to get an idea for him. He's he's a little rapscallion. Like, he's not a bad kid. He's just kind of, like, he gets into trouble. He does, like, he plays pranks, and he does, you know. But with, with that kid slash Horace, it's just like, 
you don't really get to know much about him other than yeah he you gets picked really on because he's bad and he's he, he's fat because he likes well, food i heard the studio cut 13 minutes from this movie see that's that yeah really, yeah because if if i if we'd seen a little more of their dynamic before all the shit went down if we'd been able to because i mean starting it started off strong it starts off when they're in the the what the principal's office or whatever mm-hmm. um stephen king that's rules. good that's a good, you know, yeah, like when he's trying to be all hip with them and shit, and it's... <laughs> no, I was talking about, I was talking about his shirt. Man. His shirt is awesome. Hmm? The, the shirt... No, uh, well, no, you two were both making uh, separate points. Uh, Sean was wearing a red Stephen King rules shirt, which I think people are like... They wore for a little bit. Like, I saw maybe one person... Like, have that shirt ordered. I gotta get one myself, but I look horrific in red. But, um... What Dallas was talking about though was how the principal yeah. was sitting there like, and he's I like, what it's like I dig it, man. I, yeah. Yeah. Yep. There it is. I was a kid. I thought monsters were cool. But yeah. you know what? Let me tell you something. <laughs> Science is real. Monsters are not. And you're sitting here with these drawings. <laughs> this is a what? It's a spider with a human head. I'm yeah, sorry. A like what? It. It's a spider with a human head. You know, we draw these pictures and we hang them up in our clubhouse. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Man, I drew horror pictures in elementary school and I had to see the goddamn counselor. Yeah, so I I think I think the (laughs) I think the kids All right, so um, so one negative that you would have would be that there just wasn't enough exposition on the characters. A little characterization, yeah. A little more little more characterization for some of them in particular, because I mean they all fell into their roles in the team like really well and they worked together really well once they mm-hmm. you know found out what was going on and everything like that but it would have been maybe you know kind of nice to to see just a little bit more right before we got into the you know the main yeah. thrust into the, the 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 brunt of it or whatever but um uh, another negative yeah we got one oh. down for you yeah, you you want to try to think of something? Hmm. So we're just focusing on negatives. And you, and you know what? You can agree with a point that's already been made, right? Um. And yeah, I guess a little more development would have been fine. Oh man, so I gotta find negatives. Um. Hmm. <laughs> we'll tell you what. We'll we'll I do one. one. We'll, I got another one. We'll do one each way. So you hold on to yours. Um, what was yours that you were going to go with? Oh, man. Um, hmm. Sorry, this is this is actually hard, because... <laughs> oh, it's a great movie, dude. Yeah. I don't blame you for being stumped. Oh, uh, mate, hmm. Wow. See, uh, see, I like this dynamic. Ah, I had to change shit up a little bit. All right, Dallas, what's one plus and one negative? Uh, um... I mean, plus first, I guess. Uh, it's. I, I mean, I've already talked about it a little bit, but it's like this is. Yeah, we we can we can touch on shit that we mentioned in the past. This is an old fashioned kids movie. It's it's uh, like all the you know all the most like inappropriate stuff that totally would not fly today in a. How, what was this movie rated? Let me ask that real fast. R. <laughs> is it really? No. Hold on a sec. Oh, it's PG or PG thirteen, I think. 
Let me check. Let me, let me I don't think 13 was around at that point. Yeah, it was. 87? Yeah. I think PG-13. PG-13. That, eh, okay. Yeah. Now, did it... I mean, that was the, its original... Uh, they didn't like they didn't like readjust it or something later on did they i'm just curious because i'm 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 just using it to that, make a point that this is like an old school right where it's like see i wonder if that's partly know, I mean, why there, the movie did there, like, wasn't it a hit when it came out in theaters there because pixar movies today aren't there pixar yeah. movies today that get pg-13 mm-hmm. ratings because they have like themes in them that's like yeah my blind is too scary or something like that. And it's like because we baby our kids well, today. Like I, I think that's anything. partly why this yeah. movie bombed because it was rated for teenagers, but it was about a bunch of kids. People, yeah, yeah. Because it didn't. People didn't really know what it was supposed to be. I get it. Yeah, I could. I could see yeah. how there's been some confusion. Confusion with people looking at the marketing or whatever. I don't know how they chose to market this movie because I, honest to God, do not remember. And I probably I don't either. I don't remember seeing any commercials or trailers i feel like the same thing happened with his first film night of the creeps yeah yeah Um, i had heard like little whispers about the monster squad uh like uh honestly just in recent years and people this is like when they're like oh because it's like the avenger i monster only knew about this movie because i think my mother recorded off of when they had satellite so i always Mm -hmm. had on vhs and Watched and watched it and showed my friends and stuff. Yeah, you know. like I watched Lost Boys when I was a kid. So I mean, I was I was looking at Lost Boys is like terrifying in parts. Yeah. At least it yeah. when I was when I was a kid, and um, so I I'm pretty sure I would have been into this too, but um, but I do love because despite despite being a kid's flick, and it is it's certainly more lighthearted than something like the Lost Boys. I mean, definitely it is yeah. a kind of pulpy sort of <laughs> sort of movie by comparison because it's going for those classic monsters that's the whole point but like uh but i do love the way it doesn't pull any punches as far as uh, the violence i mean when they blow up the wolfman they blow using chunks yes you see chunks the camera does not shy away from that like you you see blood you see yeah i mean the people die in this movie um not i mean in super grisly ways like the most of the deaths are pretty tame but um, you got kids cursing. Uh huh. You got kids cursing. You got kids talking about sex. You got um, Rudy got... smoking cigarettes. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> um, no, I I love it. the 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 movie has uh, it's got nards like the like the Wolfman. <laughs> it's, the movie has balls. Yeah, it's got a it's it's old fashioned like that. Like it's a. <sighs> You know, I can't say it's a throwback because it actually it was it was appropriate for the time. But even then, uh, like Henry was saying, it might have been maybe a little little edgier maybe than most kids' movies, probably. Yeah. But uh, I I think that's probably helped it stand the test of time, honestly. Because besides being just a really awesome time capsule of the '80s, because it wasn't just the little kids' room when I was talking about the like uh, my pet monster or whatever the toys I was seeing. They were all over the place. I was seeing all sort of like I was like, oh, I remember that. Oh my god, I had one of those. Um, yeah. It, <laughs> besides being a time capsule of the eighties, it, it just um, it it's real. Yeah, it's very it's it's real because like you like you were saying, the kids talk like kids. They kind of bullshit with each other. They they uh 
they say some things that maybe you know aren't so pc but that's okay because that's it's real that's how people talk when you know they're not being pressured they're not they're not uh you know cameras not on them or they're not you know yeah. trying to yeah they're they're just being real with each other uh so i love it for it's it's authenticity like that um uh a negative i would i would probably say uh just like how we made no exposition I didn't mind that. I don't. I think that actually kind of contributed to the kind of cute, like, like I said, kind of pulpy vibe where it's like you just got to accept that these pilots are carrying Dracula's coffin through the air right now. It's just you, mm -hmm. you just gotta just just suspend your disbelief. This is happening. Well, actually, it was Frankenstein's coffin. Oh, you, right. Okay, I get you. And Dra yeah, that, that kind of explains why Dracula was on there because he wanted to steal Frankenstein's coffin because yeah. it was coming from Bavaria. Germany, which is a hop, skip, and a jump away from Transylvania. One of those movies, honestly, where I knew when I was watching it that I was probably missing a bunch of little, little, minor things, kind of that was going to connect it and make it more, um, yeah, make everything, yeah, everything make a little more sense. And when you were telling the synopsis, there you were going over some stuff that I definitely missed. That I did, I just wasn't, I don't know, somehow, mm -hmm. somehow I missed it, but. Um, uh, I was going to say that the, like the mummy, you know, and you said he's, he's one of the coolest looking mummies you've ever seen. And that's true. I agree with that, especially for practical effects. Um, and he just kind of really doesn't do anything except has that like just one-off kind of thing where they, they take him apart, they unravel him or whatever using um, the arrow that. Yeah, that's it. Just that in the closet. And I had already said how the museum which is such a gorgeous set when they uh, when they go there and they're only they only they're only there for like two minutes while they're you know interviewing. I think there there could have been a little more of that. I thought uh, you know if we, we'd seen a little mm -hmm. more of the mummy, just kind of besides the fact that we just kind of see him walking down the street later on, uh, you know, might have might have been nice to see him, you know, kill someone or be like a threat of some kind because he's <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of yeah he. he, he... He really. really didn't do anything. I mean, the mummy, all, all that you really had out of the mummy was just, I mean, looking back in retrospect, now that I'm older, the only thing that I can even think of why the mummy would even exist is He's just kind of just a deliver. Or... I, I, I always looked at him kind of as he was just there to deliver the staff to Dracula with yeah. the werewolf thing. on. Yeah. Because other than that, the only the only thing that he really does is he just he appears in the closet and he grabs a hold of the van uh, of the of the the whatever the hell that thing was. I, I I don't know what the hell Jeep that was. Yeah, that was that that old school that old timey. Yeah, Jeep. they couldn't really think of much for the mummy or the the uh, the Gill Man to like really do. <laughs> Gill Man too. Yeah, yeah, the Gill Man was. Well, the Gill Man at least had a fight. Yeah, he did have a fight, but he was it was probably not the wisest move for him to be like out of his element like that no. <laughs> like he's the gill man on the land it's like yeah it's, it's much he's gonna be able to i'm do not and, sure how i'd yeah. want scenes of like dracula being more strategic of using the monsters for things i don't know no it's yeah. it's because the movie is still like it, it it wraps everything up really nice i mean everything uh i, I don't know like everything's connected very well everything kind of flows mm -hmm. yeah really nicely I mean, there maybe could have been some better ideas if they uh but i mean that some of it I, i'm sure is also tied to budget like they couldn't 
I'm sure they couldn't have done like an actual like underwater thing with the Gill Man where we got to see him him actually in his yeah. element. Yeah. Been cool. Uh, it's I like guess. he just kind of pops out of the water and that's it. Yeah, maybe they could have did a scene where random teenagers are, I don't know, on a canoe or some shit and he attacks them, I guess, but uh. Yeah. It's they probably had if it if it was PG thirteen, because usually the way the they work for these ratings boards, you know, and they, they send the, the film off to get uh, a rating as they tell them, well, you're allowed to, you know, like, you know, you can kill X amount of people, but you can't show this or whatever. You can't show, you know, any like serious gore, like for the cops or whatever, when Dracula's messing them up and stuff, you know, that, that's all mm-hmm. very, like, like you see him snap that guy's neck, but it's, it's, it's done very quick. And it's like, just kind of the motion of it. It's not, you know, so I'm, I'm assuming if if we had the monsters like the other monsters actually you know kill people kill just just randos or whatever uh mm-hmm. that that if the <laughs> if the kill count went above a certain threshold that maybe the movie could have actually gotten a harsher rating maybe i mean maybe i'm just saying they maybe they had to strike a balance so i'm i'm willing to cut them some slack for that but and then of course for budgetary reasons because if it's true that uh, they had a much bigger, like, more insane, like, intro and everything. Because, I mean, the movie starts off with a bang. Like I said, that that scene when they bust down the door of Van Helsing and the, the woman is just chowing down on that possum or whatever, that's creepy. I mean, that is that to me is kind of one of the creepiest things in the movie almost just the way she's because she's just so animalistically just and she's got like flesh like hanging out of her mouth yeah like bits of bloody flesh or whatever like that's that set a precedence for me for the rest of the movie and then it 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 gets i it's it's a it seems like it gets a little tamer after that like it seems like they couldn't quite uh keep up that momentum of because uh, I was kind of expecting mm-hmm. it to get seriously, you know, like man, this thing this is gonna get dark, you know, like, <laughs> and uh, nah, they kind of dialed it back a little bit. So, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, thought of anything yet? All right, so there, all right, so so that's a plus and a minus for you would be that it's real and that it's also got um, for a negative, it would just be the fact that it wasn't sure of what it was. Well, they, they, I mean, I kind of, I took a lot of words to say it, but I mean, really, I just started out saying that they, they didn't fully utilize some of the lesser monsters. Yeah. They could have, but, um, I was just kind of using, I was, I was saying that it, it seems like maybe during the production, because if they did have to scale it back because of different reasons, I'm, I'm yeah, they had to shift gears suddenly. It went from being this deadly serious, yeah. straight up horror movie. Yeah. To going lighthearted and then wait, we, we are a horror movie we got to do something scary but we, we, this is kids so we got to lighten it up a little bit I'm I just can't... on their behalf but yeah that's yeah. that's kind of it's like that movie remember that family movie um that wes craven did about the robot a deadly friend a deadly friend where he wanted to make a family movie at first like he wanted to make it kind of a thriller but he didn't want to make it a straight-up horror movie but then as it went through the production the studio executives, the studio, uh, since his name was attached to it, he felt like kind of obligated. Yeah. <laughs> he, the studio, you know, started to kind of put pressure on him to, to get, uh, 
more of a a straight up horror movie to get to give it you know because his name being attached to it kind of mm-hmm. they felt like that, that his reputation it's funny you, know, you mentioned that i was actually thinking about that movie earlier today i'm like man we yeah. should review that sometime because that movie's trippy it's, it's, <laughs> yeah it's it's trash I'm good. but it's like wow yeah, but that's I mean, but that's that's just an example. Again, I'm just speculating when it comes to Monster Squad that maybe mm-hmm. there was there was pressure for them to change certain things like that uh, with it. But I mean, just given what I know of other movies, that you know, when it seems like the tone kind of doesn't quite, you know, stay throughout. Like it kind of like, you know, yeah, it starts off with starts off with that kind of that kind of creepy imagery like that, and then kind of like. You know, by the end of it, it's like I said, at no point did I ever seriously feared that any of these kids like lives were in danger. And that that's OK. I mean, kids movies can be like that. I mean, you don't you can still kind of uh, put them in these uh, these scary situations or whatever. But, you know, I never actually thought Dracula is going to like, you know, just just rip Sean's head off or anything. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's probably going a bit too far, but. Um, no, yeah. I, I I get exactly what you're saying. I totally agree with that one. Um, wow. Uh, as far as the negative goes, God, it, it's really hard to do a plus and then a negative. Yeah. Okay. Well, plus uh, the humor just works really well. Um, the movies, all the jokes land. And uh, as far as the negative goes, it's, see, this is hard for me to do because this is like one of my favorite movies. This would be like if you tried to tell me to like list negatives of like Ghostbusters, I'd be like, excuse me. <laughs> but uh one thing i, I would i'd probably <laughs> you know no uh, I, I i actually can people will hate me for it if i ever say it probably but i mean there are aspects of the original ghostbusters that i'm like i do think you guys could have improved upon it though i i, I don't oh, yeah. think it's a perfect movie i'm just yeah saying. But, yeah well that's the best part about being able to talk about this sort of shit is you can give out ideas and some people might be like yeah that doesn't make sense uh, i guess a negative thing would be Kind of echoing what you guys already said, um, some of the some of the things could have been fleshed out just a little more, but at the same time, and also it's like, because I've seen the movie growing up and stuff, it's just like I don't necessarily worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, no, I get you. Yeah, but yeah, definitely a little bit of fleshing out. Maybe they could have addressed the whole virgin thing. Like they never say why it has to be a female. I know it. I know it. I know it's referencing thirties. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. You know, but they could have did a joke or something like you know, like Rudy or something. You know, maybe, well, it's not even know, that. You know. I mean, like from from uh, from a standpoint of just almost any like say religion or belief, mm. virginity is purity, right? You know, so I mean, it's like. It, it, uh, by that way of thinking, especially from like I want to say like a religious standpoint, not locking it into that, but just yeah. from that standpoint, you know, you're pure. So a pure person, a pure good person, is, you know, reciting the words and, you know, using that power. Yeah. It's not and that I mean, big of a deal either because you know every '80s like and then some slasher movie and whatnot. It's always a virgin female that you know. Is the whole trope thing, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, just look at uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. Right. All right, so that's what you go with. 
I'd have to say a plus about this would be is that, you know, it's just, it's a pure classic. It's a phenomenal idea. And I, I mean, fuck, this thing ticks so many boxes. And it's an idea it's that got, you couldn't do it today. Like, because of yeah. the thing, because of how strict everything's gotten between these companies and stuff like that. It's like they, yeah. this movie could all have never been made. They were toying with the idea years ago, but they dropped it because, you know. Talking about the dark they movie. were thinking of re. They were thinking. No, of they were. They were going to remake Monster Squad. Squad. They dropped it. Yeah, uh, I don't think they can even do a sequel. It was going to be a Michael Bay job. Oh no, 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 no. No, I'd have to say that the big uh, thing behind this was is that this is a movie that I grew up on. Like you had just heard of this, and your mom taped this on satellite. Like me, this is one of those movies that it was just like there. On VHS tape, and yeah. it was popped. It was lost for a while. Um, like Fred Decker had problems getting the rights to this, and like Night of the Creeps, like DVD release was like sk- like it was unknown it was going to happen. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. It has. Um, I I just it's it has seven point one out of ten on IMDb, and I just I just have to notice that because I mean that's purely user reviews. That's a reviewer reviews but that i mean a seven out of ten on imdb at least compared to certain other movies i've seen uh is is pretty high <laughs> like it's that's that's fairly favorable that's at a 20 almost twenty eight thousand uh viewer uh, reviews but that's uh, a it's a pretty good ratio it is that's that's a i mean and i'm assuming i haven't looked over too many of them i just was curious so i, I pulled it up after i watched it uh I think a lot of that, you know, usually when it comes to these older movies, it is from people like you all who grew up with it and just have a, and that's why, I mean, I don't blame you at all for the, like, you have a hard time figuring out what, like, what could be better about the movie because it's like, if it, if it made that kind of impression on you yeah, when you're young, it's like, it, it is going to be hard to, to shake that. that I'm, like, I guess I'm the wrong person to ask that too, because like, it's kind of hard for me to list negatives of a movie I like. Like the yeah. worst, even if it's a bad movie, the worst offense. Mm-hmm. And may, I'm echoing Joe Bob here, but the worst offense a movie can be is boring. Exactly. So, so if the movie is entertaining, I don't, I don't care if it's something awful like Troll Two or, or something great like this. Like, I don't know. I guess I like focusing on the fun I have than what that's what could okay have been done. Yeah, yeah. With like, I I don't necessarily want more expo- exposition if it comes at the the cost of making the movie drag. Like uh, I, if it gives me just enough to go mm. on and really you don't need that much in this movie. I mean, they've got their kind of, you know, they know what they got to do. They've got the magical artifact. They've got, you know, they know the the prophecy or whatever, what they have to do and everything like that. And other than that, it's like, who doesn't know about these monsters? All you it's need to know is like a bunch of monsters. A little upsetting are... how obscure this movie, I guess, kind of is. Like, I guess yeah. it's, it gets around, but like, because it pays tribute to all these classic movie monsters and does it well. And it's like, I don't know, you know. I'm going to say, because, um, you know, the first time I actually saw this movie, or at least any kind of clip from it, and I didn't even know what it was, is uh, they used, uh, I think they, I'm fairly certain they used a couple of the scenes with the little girl with uh frankenstein in um muppet babies Mm. (laughs) do you know how the muppet babies cartoon they would use clips of actual like real movies um from time to time oh god 
They did. They did when they because they because it was all about um, you know their imagination and, and yeah. They would they would get like clips from from real movies and I mean big ones too like Star Wars and stuff like that. Uh, of course Spielberg and and Lucas and Henson were all like buddies anyway, so that probably wasn't too hard. But they they had an episode I think that was kind of a, a Halloween themed thing, and I'm pretty sure. If it wasn't this one, it was a different Frankenstein movie, but I, I feel like it was this one because I saw the clips of Frankenstein with a little girl, and I was like, what movie is that? You know, because I knew it was something, but I, I couldn't I couldn't place it. And then when I finally saw this, I was like, this, that's it. That's the movie they were they were showing on there. I I feel bad for, yeah. for the director, Fred Decker, because like, he, like, yeah. he denied the creeps and a bombed and... Again, it's got a cult audience today. Monster Squad, same thing. And then Robocop 3, um, which yeah. I believe he didn't... I don't want to misquote anything. I don't think he knew much about Robocop at the time. Glenn got the gig. Uh, and then... And I think Robocop, I, I was I was talking about it earlier because the the magazine I was looking at once in like a doctor's office, they were hyping up the movie. And I it... it I'm I'm pretty sure RoboCop three fell victim to just there being too many cooks in the kitchen as far as like studio execs and stuff mm-hmm. like interfering with it because they they made it a point in this article to say well we they, they you know we did uh, we we did surveys and we found out that like you know RoboCop like little kids like ten year olds and you know are fans of RoboCop mm-hmm. so. To make the movie. Well, that's where they really fuck things up. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's like you know. Um... Well, I'm not sure if RoboCop Two was a financial success either. I think it got negative reviews when it came out. So, I well, well, hold on. Before we dive into that fucking universe, sure. um, yeah, right. let me just get this thought out quick. Um, the thing about Monster Squad that I love the most about it, though, is it's just. Yeah, it, it's it's a real movie with real dialogue. I mean, this is shit that is easily relatable for a lot of people. Because once again, the the way that these kids talk to each other, this is how kids talk to each other in school, you know. And it it touches on a bunch of themes like friendship and such. It's a nice package of everything, you know. It's got a great theme. It's got a lot of interesting, um, like I said, little premises behind it. But where I think a negative comes into play with this, and this, you know, I guess we can talk about RoboCop at this point, too, is that, yeah, like Dallas said, though, this movie sometimes has a problem not knowing what it is. It'll step on the pedal, it'll go forward, and then it'll suddenly break on the direction that they're going in. Because it starts off heavy. You got this vampire lady eating a possum, she's covered in blood. You know, you, you got this ghoul coming out of the ground, grabbing Van Helsing and all this. It's got, it's got all these things going on. And then it tries to get lighthearted a little bit when you're around the kids. And then the things won't mesh well together. And I mean, the fact that they were able to pull off what they did was kind of a miracle. But I mean, I, I hate to say this because I like Fred Decker's work and I love Shane Black's work. But I got to call it as I see it. What these guys have always had a problem with is that they'll come up with stuff that's really inventive, really outside of the box thinking for stories, themes, 
but at the same time they'll also go so overboard with shit that it's kind of a detriment to kind of like in the predator case well kind of case in point that i wanted to make though was look at the intro the intro was really cool but Mm -hmm. Fred Decker wanted to have Zeppelins flying overhead. He wanted to have a war going on for the first two minutes of the movie. And the studio was like, this shit's going to cost twice your budget. You got to, you got to tone this down. And I mean, Shane Black is an amazing writer, but I mean, this guy's, this is the guy that came up with lethal weapon. And this is the guy that got fired off of lethal weapon two because one, he wanted to kill Martin Riggs and two, he wanted to have a jumbo jet exploding <laughs> and, and it was going to be full of cocaine <laughs> and the city of Los Angeles was going to snow in wow. quote snow. You, you, you know what right. I mean? So right. it, it's just, it, 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 there's, when it's grounded, it, it's really, really well thought out. But when it gets fantastical, it's like, what the hell are you doing here? You know, it, it's the same thing with Iron Man three where it's really well written. But then when it goes out there, it's out there. Hmm. And this is the same curse that I think guys like Tim Burton also have as well, where they come up with these really, really, really cool things. But the problem is, is that they need to have some type of like a studio supervision thing in effect as well. And they also need to kind of set aside, I hate to say this, but like I said, calling it as I see it. They need to set the ego aside to be able to accept said criticisms where a studio will take 40 of these guys' good ideas, go through them one by one and say, all right, these three ideas are really good, but the other 37 weird shit that you've come up with, we need to X-nay that. Mm. And for them to not get pissed off and walk away from a project, because, I mean, proof is in the pudding. Look at Batman Returns and compare that to Batman. Some people say Batman Returns is a good movie, which it is, but compare that to the original Batman when you had the studio closely watching it and keeping an eye on Burton. And then when you go to Batman Returns where he had full control over the project and how goddamn weird that movie was. Right. Yeah. And it's the same thing. With <laughs> McDonald's canceled their toy promotion for that movie. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. You, you, you know, because you, uh, you, uh, you you cannot have those things. Yeah. And then another example: Shane Black, when he was working on the Predator, he had the studio watching his ass, and the stuff that he contributed to it was really, really good. Predator, one of the best action movies of all time, you know. And he yeah. was just brought in kind of as a fixer for the script. And then once you cut him loose. And he was doing like Iron Man three or Predators. It's it's going to pull that Predator. People are either going to look at it and they're absolutely going to love it, or they're going to look at it and they're absolutely going to hate it. Yeah. And I think that that personally is why the Monster Squad kind of bombed at the box office is because one, you had the rating, you had parents who were uh, they were kind of afraid to take their kids to go see the movie when it was in the box office, which when it comes to a studio, that's when it really matters. Because once the shit hit, hits HBO, anybody can record it. Because you had this on VHS, I had this on VHS, my dad recorded it, my mom recorded it, and then my brother popped it in. And that's how I was introduced right. to it. Well, When it comes to going to the movie theater, this is a PG-13 movie. How many 13-year-olds do you know had that kind of shit and let, you know, money to go to the movies? Yeah by themselves 
without a parent X naying it, like in the movie when he wanted the five dollars to go see Groundhog Day, you know, outside of a kid with a paper route. Well, even like so, even like Gremlins was controversial when it came out, and parents were complaining about it and whatnot. Well, that exactly. Was one of the things that was actually, if I if I'm not mistaken, was um, one of the catalysts that actually started PG-13 because that was it was pushing the envelope so hard that, that I thought that and like Raiders of Lost Ark. I think I think I think that yeah. and um, not Raiders of the it Lost Ark. I think it was Temple of Doom. No, yeah. Spielberg right. though, because wasn't Jaws also like rated PG or something? Yeah, Jaws is PG. Yeah, it was Jaws or G, extent, something like, like that. He was pushing. He was pushing the envelope so hard that that they they had to kind of start looking into like maybe we need to have a rating in between like you know PG and R or whatever PG right. and R, yeah. but that's the problem though is because this and was the, this movie came out during was Poltergeist was another rough one PG yeah uh, that guy tears off uh, his face not one scene tears his face off that scared yeah, that 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 was another rough one, and yeah. I guess it. Uh, and I guess it's because, you know, Spielberg was pushing the envelope at that point, and so was Lucas. But, you know, it, it's just, like I said, point being is just the the movie bombed at the box office because it scared people, sometimes in the wrong way. And once again, it just, it did not know what the fuck it was. One minute it's a horror movie, the next minute it's a lighthearted kids flick. And when you try to mesh the two of them together, you gotta balance it out. You can't have monsters killing kids because parents would have an absolute holy shit fit about it. You can't have extreme violence because that would kill the whole aspect of it being a PG-13 well, movie. God, maybe, you know, maybe it's just the way Black and maybe it's again, the way uh, well, hold uh, Black on, and Decker hold, work. Hold on, hold, yeah, but uh, but it's uh, it, but Black and Decker, I love that. But uh, but it's the uh, it's that whole thing though where it doesn't know what it is. And when the shit is out there, it's really, really out there. And I'd have to say that that was kind of a bit of a detriment. And something else that comes to mind, though, when you want to talk negatives is, yeah, uh, for a, a movie with the Monster Squad, two of those guys were kind of just window dressing. The Gilman and the Mummy didn't really do shit. You know, it was Dracula and the Wolfman doing all the heavy lifting on the bad guy side. And then once you hit the end of the movie, those things were dropping like flies. <laughs> I mean, it was like within the span of 10 minutes, you had the mummy getting unraveled. Then you had the Gilman getting blasted by a shotgun. And then you kind of had a really kick-ass fight sequence with the Wolfman taken on the cops before he gets blasted and says thank you. And then you had Dracula just like getting put through the ringer. Yeah. It was just kind of it, it was just kind of uneven. You know, and I mean, you'd, you'd kind of have to suspend disbelief that a bunch of kids could take out monsters that are killing cops, you know, like adults with guns. Because, I mean, it's like if I saw a giant fish standing in the middle of the road, I wouldn't go out and try to beat it with a billy club. I'd fucking blast it or I'd run <laughs> it over with a car. Yeah. You know, but meanwhile, you've got Horace doing the sensible thing and picking up a shotgun and shooting him and killing him, you know, and it's the same thing with the cops and the wolfman. Well, I mean, at least the one cop was smart enough to try to blast the Wolfman, but the thing just, like, leaned back and then roared at him again, and that's <laughs> when they went after him. But, I mean, like, with a Wolfman, what do you do about it? But it's just you've got a movie with five monsters, two of them are a non-factor, and then you've got the vampire brides who didn't do much of anything. They appeared in literally three sequences. Before they were vampires, when they were vampires, and then when they died. You know, well, well, at least the kids were all doing substantial things and kicking ass. You had horrors blowing this one away. You had Rudy, who 
killed three vampire brides, even though, oh, yeah. even though on film you only saw two of them die. And then you had Rudy also taking out the mummy. Yeah. You know, so th- that to me would have to be a negative. It's just it, 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 it couldn't hold on to its pace. And a lot of stuff was built up, wound up being, f- weirdly enough to say, for as much as we've said how everything has a payoff, a lot of the, the, the creatures were just non-factors in this whole thing. It is hard to peg. And, um, well, I, I would it even, really is. You'll... I would be really curious, because I, since I never saw... An, an ad for this movie or anything back in the day i um yeah. i really my the thing i'm most wondering about right now is is how they marketed it because a lot of times i mean that's what's going to make or break particularly i am willing then, to bet you know. i'm willing to bet that this movie like most horror movies from that era were marketed like shit yeah they didn't nobody took horror movies seriously right. back then nobody did like the first time that I personally ever saw a horror movie commercial or even a trailer for something horror related would have to be, I want to say, 19, at least 1989, 1990. And it was a commercial break for Conan the Destroyer because my mother used to tape things for everybody, you know, so she taped Conan the Destroyer on Channel 11. Uh, and about halfway through, this was like an 11 o'clock movie, so she fell asleep halfway through. You could tell when my mom fell asleep because that's when the commercials started racking up. (laughs) You know, but that's when we started to get, like, I'm seeing, like, Dustbuster things, and then I'm seeing shit from McDonald's and all this, and then suddenly I saw this trailer for a really, really spooky movie. Like, it was made out to be spooky the way the trailer was cut, and then just suddenly it gets plastered on the screen. Night of the demons starts friday you know <laughs> so that was like the first time that i ever really saw one so in the span of two years i want to say it was eighty nine ninety, um or whenever the hell it came out but it was just they didn't take this stuff seriously they didn't promote this stuff they really mm. didn't and what, what's something that you always hear in these behind the scenes um things is that they didn't take the movie seriously they felt that it was a loser. Like with Friday the 13th, they said Paramount was embarrassed of it. Yeah. But uh, back to your point on, on Black and Decker and their uh, the way they handled Monster Squad and whatnot, it does make me think of their last movie they did together, The Predator. Like Fox yeah. reshot the last half of the movie. Like they were going to have like certain, these Predators teaming up with uh, the, the characters in the movie and stuff. and But they, they reshot, yeah, the last half of the movie. And then they had like three or four different endings they didn't even know like fox just didn't know what the fuck they were doing i guess or something because like one of the endings would have involved ripley showing up another ending would have involved newt showing up and there's like they actually like yeah. film these like you you yeah. can go to like oh, someone's instagram that was involved in the movie and there's like photo behind the scenes photos of this stuff and it's just like what the hell instead it ends uh. spoilers with the an Iron Man Predator suit. It's like I don't know. It's like oh. the uh, the Iron Man suit at the oh. end of it was fucking deplorable. Yeah. But you know what? I hated that. Maybe to be a, maybe to be a little bit more fair, because um, earlier I had said, and now uh, I'm not trying to backtrack on it, but just putting it in retrospect, um, that like Shane Black and Fred Decker and guys like Tim Burton and everybody these guys come up with really good ideas and they always wind up dealing with some sort of studio interference, either because 
you know, they're not letting them realize the vision or they're putting some type of a limitation on them. And I realize they did say earlier that you need somebody to check off their bad ideas, mm-hmm. which they most certainly do. But I also think that in a lot of really important things, there is studio interference on something and the vision's not realized and there's something that gets lost in translation here. Well, I'm going to say, uh, I know usually you hear the word studio interference bad, but I think, uh, the studio interference on Exorcist three made that movie better by adding the Exorcist at the end of the movie. Cause I agree. Yeah. So, you know, rare times, not well, so bad. It can be good and it can be bad. Yeah. And I mean, like case in point with this whole thing of monster squad, just sticking the monster squad, because we can bitch about RoboCop three in a minute, because I got a lot to say <laughs> about that fucking turd. Right. Um, just like an example with the monster squad where they wanted to have like the war going on. This whole movie was based off of things being set up so that there's a payoff at the end of it. You know, you've got the thing where they're talking in the clubhouse about how Wolfman could be killed, second way to kill a werewolf. What do you get at the end? You have that moment where it's like they mentioned, maybe to a bomb. The bomb didn't work. And the Rudy says, I told you there's only one way to kill a werewolf. You know, there's all these things that are set up to have a payoff at the very end of the movie. And what happened in the very beginning in a deleted scene that was very recently un, you know, unearthed was Dracula getting staked because he got ganged up on after he ventured outside of the castle and then someone accidentally reviving him. you know. But that would have also shown in the end of the movie why Dracula got staked and didn't do anything, why he just let Van Helsing pull him into limbo, I'm... why it didn't seem like he was fighting harder than he was because it showed in the beginning he got staked. And plus, there's that big, big question of when these guys break into Dracula's house, where was he? How did Mm -hmm. he survive Limbo? Because he was already away from the castle, but nobody knew about it. I'm kind of glad they didn't add the the, more of the war scenes in it, because like I think it's like James Cameron. uh, He said that he wanted to do this and that with aliens, but couldn't because of money. It's like no, it's like sometimes it's good to work within limitations because I don't know. It makes you improvise. yeah. Yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention. Well, we become desensitized too sometimes when a director, not every director, not every movie, but when they they have free room to do like whatever they want, they show every little detail, and there's nothing, there's no mystique or anything. It's just like, eh, you know. A part of being objective and a part of looking at these movies critically is willing to accept or even acknowledge or think that something that you love might not be right and the same argument goes with directors we like directors we love their styles but we also have to be able to look at them some of their works and be like yeah that was fucking stupid you know like like it's very very easy to look at say a john carpenter movie and be like yeah ghosts of mars woof you know but well, it, but you also have to you know, look at monster squad a movie that you love and be able to say yeah you know what they didn't explain this very well or like dallas pointed out that how did these kids come together like this? Were they, yeah, you I know... can I can respect that. It's like I always tell people I talk to, like like if you don't like something like Star Wars, like like cool, like say why, like be different, like that's your thing, you know. But one example I'll give because you mentioned John Carpenter, Halloween. I actually showed Halloween to two people, and they both thought it was okay. They didn't think it was that amazing and stuff, and they even criticized Carpenter's music, and I was like, huh. Well, yeah, because I love John Carpenter's yeah. music, but Jesus Christ, does it get repetitive around the seventh time that you've heard the same five notes? Right, right, right. Like, and one of the people I watched it with, uh, 
loves Carpenter's work, but didn't really care for Halloween. And I was like, well, I, 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 I get you. Like, you know, like, I understand your points. It's fine. You know? But I do think that that's really, really hard for a lot of people, though, yeah. is to be able to look at something that you absolutely love. Like, this is something that I love. This is where I got my whole name from. But to be able to look at it critically and just say, yeah, you know what? Ugh. Well, this, this is kind of negative. I mean, because I don't mean I don't mean being controversial here. Like, I'll say like like I like the Halloween two theme better than the, than the one. I like the synth score, you know, better than the, the, the score in the first one. So, yeah. Well, I but, mean, just if you want to get absolutely controversial, say that Halloween three was really a good movie because it was. Yeah, you know? I, I'll say that, too. I think I think Halloween three fits the Halloween theme more. But, you know. And then when you find the truth yeah. out that this was supposed to be an anthology uh, thing where, yeah. okay, we told Michael Myers' story and now we've told a new story. Yeah. That story is done. Now we're going to go to another story. How much better would that have been instead of bringing back Michael Myers and putting him in the it horrific would have been better. I agree. I yeah. absolutely agree. Because, I mean, just the title of Halloween, it's just, it's, you, come on. I mean, it's like <sighs> Trick or Treat or whatever, which is uh, mm-hmm. an anthology. Um, which could have been, which could have been a nice play off of, say, the Creepshow series, where they were were an yeah. anthology. Yeah, yeah. It's like until whatever, they made Creepshow three, which completely bombed. You have you have an entire month where it's like you know you have all these different, all these different things you can do with it. It's all centered around this holiday. You can do, yeah. you can do anything. Release a movie every Release a new movie every October. Tell a different story. Get a different uh-huh. director. You know, it's like Tales from the Crypt with an extreme budget. They could have done it, but they didn't. Now, moving on to RoboCop 3, I'm going to tell you two things that were wrong with this shit. (laughs) Number one, Peter Weller not being in it. I love Robert John Burke. I thought he was phenomenal and thinner. Yes, oh my God, yes. Yeah, but but holy shit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold it, hold it, hold it. All right, so... We're going to wrap up this Monster Squad review. We'll maybe possibly do the RoboCop trilogy sometime in the future. So any final, I don't final words, I guess? It's like, see it. It's a classic. That's it, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Definitely see it. Oh, my God. Like, if you... I, I don't even want to say if you like horror, because it's not even really... It, it is a pretty much a family film for the most part. I mean, it's a little raunchier, I guess, than what you're going to get today, but... That's what makes it cool. <laughs> so yeah, okay, we're we're living in uh, 2020. We had this 80s resurgence, you know. We have like uh, all these like synth wave groups and whatnot, mm-hmm. and all these oh, Stranger Things. Really yeah, do we really have a resurgence? Yeah. In the 80s well, I I think like- I, or a tribute thing. We got Stranger Things and stuff. We have all these like things popping up, paying tribute to the 80s. So it's like if. If that's what you're into, I think you really dig it's, Monster Squad because it it's is eighties as shit. It, yeah, yes. it sweats. It sweats. Bleeds eighties. Eighties, and I know it wasn't trying. It was just trying to be a movie, you know, for its time. But yeah, it's it's. And if I you're a fan 80s. of any of the classic movie monsters, you'll appreciate what they do, what they're doing mm-hmm. here. And it's just funny, witty movie. Great jokes, great, great things that pay off later on. They reference earlier movie. It's it's fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, if I was going to try to pitch this movie to somebody who had never seen this movie before, like ever, I mean, I guess the best way that I could sum this up is, is that, yeah, it's the Goonies meets the Universal Monsters. And it's one of those movies where it does tick all the boxes. I mean, if you're a fan of the Goonies, you'll like this. 
it, it hits all those areas. If you're a fan of like the Universal Monsters, they're all treated really respectfully, and they're probably some of the best looks that you'll ever get. Oops. Yeah, as far as appearance go. I mean, the Mummy they crushed it. I've never seen a better one. Probably the closest one that you'll ever get, like in my book, of being like the coolest looking mummy in a film would be Christopher Lee playing the mummy in the Hammer Horror film one. Hmm. I mean, other than that, this one, you had like this decaying thing that was all bent over. You had the the Gill Man, or people call him the creature from the Black Lagoon. All I really have to say is, is Tom Woodruff Jr., who played the alien in Aliens and so (laughs) many other movies, nailed this one, knocked it out of the park. You had one of the best-looking Wolfmen ever. Stan Winston, if you're a special effects nut, Stan Winston kicks ass. You, we already know this. It's just everything here, it hits it. And the only expense that it really has about it is it just doesn't explain things as much as some. And there's going to be some parts that were cut out that leaves you asking a couple questions if you're really going to like critically analyze this movie, which some people are prone to do. But if you were just going to sit down and watch a stupid movie for like an hour and a half, you can't go wrong with it because it's, yeah, it's, it's unapologetically an eighties movie. And I guess some people might want to have to touch on this one. Uh, There's some language in the film, you know, that's like where they, you know, fuck, I don't even want to expose on it because that's how touchy this world has gotten. You don't necessarily have to believe in it. You just have to accept the fact that this movie was made during an era when that is exactly how kids talked and it wasn't edgy for the sake of being edgy it wasn't said this way to make people feel uncomfortable this is just what it was and that's the beauty of the movie is that it was real and it wasn't afraid to be real it doesn't make itself out to be bigger than what it is it doesn't dumb itself down for anybody it's just there and it's kind of magic it's lightning in a bottle and if you're already a fan of monster squad check out the uh the documentary that came out called Wolfman's Got Nards, which explores the whole which was cult made fandom by, of it. Um, the kid that played Sean. And, uh, you know, and also check out Night of the Creeps, which I think we'll review sometime in the future. Another great Fred Decker movie that has uh, yeah. Tom Atkins Tom Atkins in it, so, you know. yeah, We all love Tom Atkins here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Watched uh, Maniac Cop the other day with him. With Tom Atkins? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, you watched it with him? No, 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 no. He was in it. Dude, that, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sitting there like, when the hell are you hanging out with Tom Atkins? Do you know who I am? I'm Tom. <laughs> so this is uh, the Real Bad Newscast uh, signing off.